You're listening to Vibrant Visionaries, and I'm your host, Heidi Bennett. Welcome, friends old and new. On season three of the podcast, we've expanded out onto YouTube. You can find Vibrant Visionaries at VibrantVisionaries.com and also on the Vibrant Visionaries Network on YouTube. On Vibrant Visionaries, I often interview fun, funny, compassionate creatives, filmmakers, artists, cartoonists, comedians, musicians, all sorts of multi-creative individuals. I also like to pop on on my own and share some mindfulness tips as well to help boost your creativity and banish burnout. You can find out more about me and what I do when I'm off the mic at HeidiBennett.com. And now on with the show. All right, everybody, I've got a new friend that I already feel like is one of my best friends, even though we've barely spoken. (laughs) Producer, strategist, writer, she's the girl with that laugh. We've already started laughing, and it's Denasia Reese. Welcome, Denasia. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Tuesday. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that because then it's not timely, but today it's Tuesday, (laughs) y'all. Cool. It's Tuesday, y'all. And (laughs) I put on my calendar to not record on Wednesdays because that's when the the trash comes by, the recycle and all that. But my neighbor, just the weather is gorgeous here in Oakland and my neighbor started playing music. So you might get a little music in the background, everybody, but we'll just roll with it because we're both music lovers. What? And uh, so we'll we'll get our funky groove on. If yeah, that like happens. I wanted to know what's playing, to be honest, I actually <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like a real mix of like hip hop and dance, just groovy, whatever. My neighbors <laughs> all have good taste in music, so I'm really lucky that way. <laughs> That's important because living next to people where they're playing terrible music all the time is a special kind of torture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking on through Instagram a little bit, and I noticed that you've got something that's new that's happening this spring, this summer. You're launching a new project, and, and I had heard about you by listening to you on uh, Carolyn's Beyond Six Seconds podcast, which I was on, too, way back in kind of maybe her first year of doing that. Yeah, and she's a great podcaster. She's a great interviewer, and, and I enjoyed listening to your conversation so much. And I definitely recommend that. I'll put a link to that that interview that was about a year ago. So yeah, maybe we can just talk about this is the new for me, new for you. What's going on? What's cooking? After what we've gone through this year, it no longer makes sense for me to be hiding in the world. It no longer makes sense for me to be not living the life that I want to live. And I've always lived a version of the life that I want to live, but I've always kept like little pieces of like, oh, don't, it's almost like a a leash, like a leash I've put myself on, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, go far out, but not too far out. And the times when I have been far out, I've been kind of pushed out, right? And those are always the best moments, right? And I think it's about learning how to take yourself there instead of um, constantly being shoved there which is kind of what me doing this show is about. So I'm launching the show on IGTV tomorrow and I'm so nervous about it. Like pit of my stomach, like I'm going to throw up. (laughs) Like that's all I've been thinking today. I'm really going to throw up. Um, And I'm so excited about it, but it's just, you know, I started with this idea at the end of the last year of, I want to have my friends over for dinner and just record the conversation and like make a show out of it. 
um, there's been people that have done versions of that concept. And I was really inspired by that. And then obviously this has been the loneliest year of life. And even for me, where I spend so much of my time talking to my people and checking in with everybody, I feel super connected. I feel loved. I feel like I belong in this little patchwork of family that I've made. But even with that, it's still been the loneliest year of my life. And so I can't help but think about the people who don't have that, for whom this has also been an incredibly lonely year. Um, as the world is opening up, I feel like everybody's in such a rush to like get back to normal. And there's so many people for whom that's not quite possible for a lot of reasons. You know, I think of disabled folks who have felt more a part of our world than they probably ever have in this last year as so much has become accessible and so much of the way they've always been forced to live their lives has been forced on all of us, right? Mm -hmm. And I have created a sense of empathy in that experience. And so I wanted to create something for those people, right? And and the folks who wish that they could sit around a table with their friends and have dinner soon, but like might not be able to yet for a lot of reasons. You know, I think a lot of people also, I definitely include myself in this, are not quite sure that we're ready to go back. To, first of all, there's no going back. There's no going back to what we lived before. And I think everybody that's trying to is just frustrating, honestly. They're pissing me off. <laughs> but I can't do anything about that. Um, but, you know, for a lot of us, it's just not that simple. Like I was talking to one of my dear friends, Elijah, the other day, and it was like, I don't know that I want to go outside with these people who have been so reckless for the last year. And, you know, lots of other feelings kind of swirling around my head about the idea of re-entering society and you know, the pace that we were all living at and, and capitalism and all these things. And so I wanted to create a space for all of that and to serve those people, right, who are not going to be fully out in the world just yet. And we're definitely going to move it into something that's more in person. So we started with virtual, didn't want to get a bunch of strangers together. I mean, not strangers, but we don't all live in the same household, right? So it's not safe. I don't have the money to COVID test everybody and make them quarantine. <laughs> So I was like, let's just start this off virtual. And then when it's safer, when we're all vaccinated and, and you know, comfortable, probably summer, early fall, we'll do this in person and and take the show in a new direction or in, in, a, in a next direction. Yeah, like expand it out to something in, yeah. in person. Yeah. And that sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm excited about it. But what I love about it is that it's all kind of conversations out of context. It's very free flowing. So it's not this sense of, I ask a question and then they ask me, you know, and everybody's kind of all in it together. So it really feels like you're sort of having dinner with multiple people, like getting different perspectives. And I haven't really seen shows doing that. And so I'm really, really excited about that. And as nervous as I am, I'm also just so proud of the team that I assembled. It's so important for me to work with women. I love working with women. I think so much of where I am right now is a returning to the self that I want it to be, but like the healthier version, right? And like the young girl that I was before I let the world tell me no, you know, before I let the persona that I created to make sense of the world become my life, right? And and I've done them a few times now, as I think most young women have, right? And I think now I'm entering like this early part of my 30s and it's like, no, I just want to go back for that girl because like she was gold, and if I had hung on to her a little bit more, I think a lot of things would have been different. I'm kind of making that change now so that the future is different. So that's where I am. And so those are some of the kinds of things we're going to talk about on the show, um, but a lot more than that. And the first two episodes are going to come out tomorrow, and then we'll be releasing more in the coming weeks. Awesome. So by the time this episode comes out, 
you'll have a few episodes out. And this is mm-hmm. on Instagram, IGTV, right? So mm-hmm. when, um, let's say it, uh, you've got four to six episodes out now already, and you're looking back at those, what are your, what are your hopes and intentions for what vibe or feeling you want people to experience after w- watching a few apps? Oh, what a good, it's such a good question. And actually it's the question the person, Lori, who's doing the marketing for the show, is that's exactly what I have to write down for her. So thank you <laughs> for asking me that. Um, but I think the first thing is I definitely want people to be just genuinely entertained, right? I want them to, it's a short form show, right? So it's not, you know, 30 minutes of your life, but it is longer than, you know, the 60 minutes, 30 seconds of content that we're used to seeing. So I really do hope that people will just be entertained enough to watch each episode and really take it in. Second, I hope to make them feel connected, right? I I want people to feel like I'm sitting at my dining room table right now. That's how I want people to feel like they're at, you know, I would love for people to actually eat a meal while they watch the show because that was the whole concept of, you know, us having dinner. So I would love, you know, when you sit, because I feel like we all sit down to dinner, especially now. And it's like, what do I watch? How do I kind of fill... A lot of people eat alone now, right? More than they ever have, right? So I would love for people to really be a part of it in that way and be entertained, feel connected, feel connected to the things that we're sharing as well as myself and the guest and who we are in the world. Um, and lastly, I want them to laugh. It's funny. It's a, it's a funny show. It also like it, some of the topics we get into really kind of make you think too. Of course, some of the things that people say, because people are just profound beings on their own. Some of the things that are said are really profound. So yeah, I hope that people are entertained, connected, and um, that it, yeah, that it just resonates and makes them laugh. It took me so long to come into myself. You know, I um, struggled a lot with addiction, uh, depression, anxiety, all of these things that so many young women, so many young girls are struggling with, and we have no space to talk about it. If we do, it's dramatized and it's exploited out of us, right? For, for ratings or to kind of endear other women consumers to whatever the story is, whatever's being sold, right? It's not just us. It's not enough of us just stepping out and saying, I've been through these things. It's the me too of it, right? You know? We've had the Me Too reckoning around sexual assault and, and you know, sexual abuse and, and these things. And that's that's amazing. It needs to happen. I would love the Me Too reckoning of just the experiences that we go through overall. There's a level there's levels to the harm that women are enduring, that girls are enduring from the time we're even cognitive of being alive. Right. It's like you're immediately told to question yourself. You're immediately told to hide yourself. You're immediately told what people do and don't like about you and how those should be the things that you should value before you ever get a chance to say, this is what I like about me, right? And when you do have those things, they get pushed out of you and they, you get so far separated from them that you look up and you're 30 and you're like, wait, I've always loved these things. But somebody at 15 told me I shouldn't or told me that that wasn't cool or wouldn't accept me into the club that did that or whatever, you know? And so now... I have spent so much time and energy hiding behind other people because I always believed like they're the thing. I am the thing that supports the thing. And I think that there are some truths to that. Like my dream, my true, true, truest dream is to be a showrunner and, you know, put together television shows and just shows, right? And which is what I did as an event producer, but like really expanding beyond even both of those realms of TV and events, just like 
what is it bringing shows to life and what that can mean and look like going on tour. You know, these are like dreams of mine. And none of that requires me to be a singer or requires me to be even a TV writer, right? Most of the best showrunners are not the best writers. Sometimes you have somebody who's really prolific, but even you think of like Shonda Rhimes, right? Incredible writer, incredible showrunner, but always had a co-executive producer who's Betsy Beers, who is incredible and is so much of like the production part of that, right? And isn't as much of a writer and they have their strengths with each other and, and separately and all of that. And so I've learned to see the talent in what I do and, and embrace that, but then also putting myself out there and really owning that. And so, yeah, I'm in that space right now where I spent so much time holding other people's hands. And now it's like, okay, you put your hands together and pray that this all works because it's, it's your time now. And realizing that that's so much of who I am, whether I had always been willing to embrace it or not. And so now I've chosen to embrace it. I had a thought today before one of a little earlier today. And it was like this little like universal download. And it was like, what was it? It was um, now that I've seen my worth, I can't look away. Mm, I love it. 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 (laughs) Yeah. If we can give ourselves compassion first or learn how to give others compassion and then backtrack into doing it to ourselves or Mm -hmm. circle back to ourselves, it's so much easier to create, to produce, to show up, to be vulnerable to mess up and and make mistakes and and be okay with that and not feel that shame and all that. There's a certain little aha moments that happen where you go, oh, if I value myself and I'm not afraid, I can move forward. But there's those decisions do have to come from you ultimately. And then the world really opens up, there's so much possible. I don't know what, if anything, comes up for you when I talk about those subjects. I I was talking to my sister about that yesterday. That was the journey I was on, like, in, like, 2015. It's so funny. I'm, like, in this place now, the integration, right, of cells. And that was where I was truly, at the end of 2014, I was living in San Francisco, I had been on like on addicted to in the lifestyle of drug use for six years, depression, anxiety. My mother died and I just went to college and, you know, everybody wanted me to be okay. So I said that I was, and it wasn't until my life had become unmanageable and I almost died. And the people around me were in very bad places and everything was just completely going to hell that I had this little, it's like, I keep referring to it as like this crack, right? Like I, yesterday I told my sister, I was like, picture a window and it's all papered up. Right. But then like, there's a little tear in the corner and like, that's how much light there is. That's it. That's where I was. Like my whole life was the picture of like a sunny day. Like I couldn't feel it on my skin, but I could see it. And all I wanted was to feel that warmth was to really like live inside of that. And like, just be a person who wanted to be alive. I had spent my entire life, which at that point was almost 25 years, just not really wanting to be here, right? Like when I was a young girl, like with depression, anxiety, and the things I was going through, you know, my mom did her absolute best to give me a great childhood. And she did in a lot of ways, but we know that childhood is not perfect. We know that there are people who have extraordinary privilege who are miserable. So, you know, (laughs) that is what it is, Mm -hmm. right? So I spent my whole childhood just really hiding, right? You know, I was emotionally eating, you know, ate just everything, right? As many barriers between me and the world as I could put up, I did. And then 
my mom died and the grief of that just completely took me. And so I just kept hiding. And it's like, I went deeper into hiding and then drugs and, and partying and like all of the lifestyle, terrible relationship with men I didn't want to have. All of that was just kind of happening to me. And then there was the end of 2014. I had this little glimmer of light that was like, if you can believe that your life could be better than this with no evidence that it actually could be with no idea how to make it so, because this has been your life for 25 years. You absolutely don't know anything else. But if you could just believe in this little crack of light and follow it, there might be something on the other side of this. Maybe. There was no, not even that voice. That voice didn't even say like, no, there's definitely something. Just follow it. Like I got, it was like, I really don't know. But I know that the life that you live now is not it. I know that the life that you live now is probably going to kill you. And I just have this feeling that like your life might be more than that. Again, I don't really know, but, (laughs) but go for it. And I think that we're always in those moments. I think, especially when you're feeling stuck, right? Is like, there's always that little crack of light, that little small thing telling you like, mm, maybe I should do this. Or when you actually decide to listen to the voices of the people that love you. Because sometimes we can't connect to our own compassion. Sometimes we can't connect to our own self-worth. Sometimes we have to just choose to believe in the people that we believe in. Like I have a post-it on my mirror. You know, I believe in God and, and just like a higher power and a system of higher powers that work together to serve us and try to make life as good as it can be, even in this world that does the opposite. Um, And there's a post-it on there that said on my mirror that says, believe in the God that believes in you. You know, like I believe in this higher power that supports me in the world. So why don't I believe in myself, right? Like I believe in this power that cares enough about me to guide me, but I don't believe in myself enough to trust that you know, and to trust that that's for a reason. Right. And so that's kind of where I am right now. It's just letting go of that as hard as it is and believing the people in my life who like, when I told my people, like various people that I was doing this show, everybody was like, Oh, perfect. Can't imagine anybody better to do something like that. Like, absolutely. My friend, Kristen literally was like, you were born for this. And I was like, yeah, I kind of think so too. Uh, But you know, I don't know. I only have the crack, but I'm going to believe you guys, you know? And so that's, That's really where I am right now is just kind of trying to hold on to that little tiny even and and let it grow bigger. Right. And I remember in 2015 when I was rebuilding my life from from drug addiction, from everything else, and I I was shedding and shaking all of my addictions to low self-esteem, to self-harm, all of those things one by one. That's what I was doing, you know, slowly letting that light grow bigger, slowly teaching myself how to speak to myself. I had to learn how to eat again from a lifetime of disordered eating, mm-hmm. you know? So I mean, just everything, everything. So I know what that looks like and what it feels like. And it's scary when you do know what that works looks like to feel that you're at a sort of beginning of it. But I also remind myself that I'm not quite at the beginning. I'm at the beginning of a new chapter in a book that I've been reading, writing, living for a very long time. So that helps. Yeah, I love that. And the the visual of the light in that corner it reminds me of, um, I use the Headspace app for meditation, guided meditation. They have, um, I think it's talking about, yeah, it's talking about depression. They have these little videos that are great little illustrations of, of concepts uh, for mindfulness. And one of them is about depression and talking about when you've got the when all you can see are the dark clouds, just remember above those clouds is the blue sky and that that blue sky is still there. You might not be able to access it right now, but if you can just believe 
and and realize that it's still there, then that can help you kind of lift up and acknowledge. And I like how you said, you know, it, it's little steps. You didn't say baby steps, but like to come back from tragedy, addiction, depression, anxiety, to come back from like layers of those. It is all these just little steps, just little tiny incremental steps. It doesn't magically happen. Having faith, having belief, those help having friends that see and are have compassion for you helps. Um, but it, it is, it's an incremental thing. And also believing, I think, that you can alter things, that your life now and in the future can be totally different than it has been, and that you can uh, change up the way you respond to, to stress or to respond to grief and all of that. And that, yeah, and that you're not the same person you were before. I love that you said you're, you're reading it, you're writing it, you're making it happen. And that's true. Like now every year we have a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more resilience, a little bit more coping mechanisms that are, uh, you know, healthier versions maybe than going to drugs or whatever. And And part of that is really yeah, going through the grief and not running from the grief. As an example, that's one area I have a lot of experience in as well. And and I'm older than you, but um, I definitely had several dark years where I had several people I was very close to uh, pass away. And I still feel like I still feel them with me as these beautiful sparks of creativity and laughter and, and joy and beauty. And then I also st- still see little baby clouds of just like grieving that they're not a part of my everyday in the way that they were before, you know. Um, and that that's something to just get comfortable with, get getting comfortable with the grief. But also, I think my first huge growth spurts in compassion for others and myself. I mean, I always feel like I'm pretty empathetic and compassionate as a person. And my parents definitely also taught me a lot around that. But like, when really close friend loved ones passed away, I exponentially grew in my capacity for love and, and compassion for others, and seeing others and realizing like, oh, wow, I'm walking down the street, I'm seeing other people I don't know their story. I bet they've lost somebody too or had great loves and have have had great tragedies and everything because that's universal, you know, and that's what's one of the beautiful gifts of, you know, as we're stepping away from the hopefully the largest part of the uh, pandemic being, you know, a little bit further behind us. Yes, things will never be the same. But hopefully, as we reflect and can see what gifts there are, I think one of them is that like, oh, yeah, well, here's one thing we all know on this earth. We all went through the same effed up thing together. And it was long and it was, we'll we'll all have PTSD from it. And we'll all have things that we remember that were very, very hard about it. And we can hopefully have some compassion for each other because of that. I hope so. I hope so. But you spelled, you mentioned something that I'm also really trying, because I'm writing a book as well. Um, I've been working on the book for, oh God, um, six years now, really. I, I had the idea again in 2015, and then I started writing it in 2018. And now it's like, it's on its way out into the world. And it's like, this is my story. 
And I'm looking for like those universal truths, right? Like what are in like this, I'm really, I'm all about women and I'm trying to just not talking about shame, right? Like we're not taught to speak directly to each other. That's always, you know, I think every female driven company founder has had to have that conversation of like, oh, you can't just serve women because that's what you serve the majority of the population. How dare you? You know, <laughs> like we're not alive. What? And you must include the men, you know, but I, I frankly, am just not interested in that. I'm just not. And I don't think that I ever will be, um, at least, you know, <laughs> at least like not in the context of, of maleness and masculinity as we know it as it shows up in the world, right? And so for me, I'm asking about the universal truths of the female, femme identified experience. And, you know, speaking to what I was saying earlier, a lot of it is, are those things, grief, sadness, you know, depression, anxiety, harm, trauma, like so, and, but so much of that can be reinvented into the beautiful things that we also are, which are creative and strong, but also, vulnerable in very specific ways because of the things that we've been through and deserving of such specific care, each and every one of us as individuals, and then collectively as women and and being served in this world, you know, and represented and supported and protected, right? And so I'm like asking myself constantly, like, how do I speak to those universal truths in a way that will help to improve upon that experience for us? So that we don't have to go through so much of the the reclamation process, right? I, I refer to the first 25 of my, or the first half of my 20s as, or excuse me, the second half of my 20s as a recovery mission, right? It was like me, like my life was just like the wreckage of a crash at sea. And I was like going through with a paddle, like, oh, this is still kind of intact. Let's put this on the boat. <laughs> like, you know, all right, I think this is all I've got from this crash. Let me go to the shore and try to start setting up something and, and see what happens from there, you know? And now me and all myself and everything I was able to rescue live on the island peacefully. <laughs> you know, we're pretty happy. We're trying to figure out how to teach the ways of the island to the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you for t- sharing so much of yourself and, and your story and everything you've got going on. And all your ideas are just really well put. And and yeah, I mean, I could talk forever about, you know, you just talking about show running and storytelling and I get um, pitched for people to be on the podcast or for me to cover films and television and all sorts of things as a entertainment journalist. And so many of the things I get pitched, I'm just like either so excited about it because it's maybe just a underserved person or a person of color person that's whatever, just not a white straight dude and their freaking stories. And <laughs> I try to look at those, even though it's like, oh, it's a horror thing or, oh, it's an indie or, oh, you know, it might be interesting. And then I read the synopsis and I'm just like, I do not care. There's so many of those things out there. So for those that are new to listening and watching, I have 50 plus podcast episodes that are available at vibrantvisionaries.com. And I have interviews with lots of uh, indie filmmakers uh, and um, women who are creating interesting things. And I have guys on too, but um, it's just so wonderful to have this opportunity to shine a light on such a diverse group of people and hear their stories and hear just hear people talk and realize like, oh, wow, like when I do think like watch new things on Netflix and go like, 
look how easy it is. There's all these people and they're all, you know, certain shows or certain movies and things like, it's so interesting, like all these different accents or all these different shades of color, all these different binary, whatever, you know, just like a mishmash and expansion of the way people look, the way people identify, the way people share their cultures. It's not that hard to do. And so the fact that it hasn't been that way for so long, I'm just like bursting. And so like, I'll just weep after watching even something like The Mandalorian, just because there's like a variety of freaking people on it. It's not just yeah. Yeah, that's why I've been with dudes. a lot of the um, <laughs> YA like Gen Z facing shows. Like I just finished Generation last. I finished Generation and Jenny and Georgia over the weekend. And Good Trouble. It's another one I love. And same thing. I binge watched Good Trouble over like three days, and it. I was crying. I was so. T- I was just like, this is the world. Because that's the thing. It's not some like, oh, wouldn't it be great if the world was like, it's like, this is really this what is, the world is like. Yeah. And it's nice to see it. Good, bad, whatever. Like, that's what TV is for. Don't even, yeah. Like, don't even get me started on talking about TV. There's actually a whole episode of the show about TV because I love it. You want to be a show yes, runner, right? Yes, yes. TV. TV is my dad. I always say that like films are important to culture, of course, but TV lives in our houses and it has to reflect us or it does not survive. You can put a movie out, whatever, and it's two hours and it's, you know, sometimes, obviously, there are so many movies, some of the best movies do not reflect anything in the world at all, you know, at all. And that's the point, you know, it's the Matrix, it's whatever, and that's great. But TV, like, has to resonate in in some way. Even Star Trek is about, like, basic human stories. It's just like they're in space, right? So it always has to get here in order to be TV, like, period, no matter what. And that's why I love it so much. Um, but yeah, I, I think that has to be our job as creators to reflect the world. I, who said that? Wasn't it? Um, oh, Nina Simone, right? Your job as an artist is to reflect the times. I love and, like you're not so doing much. that. You're not doing your job. So if anybody hasn't watched that documentary, that Nina Simone documentary is. It'll tear you up. Talk about crying. Oh, <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> She's so, so intelligent and so amazing and so yeah talk about somebody just being completely raw and you can really experience all the sides of her that you know she reveals it's been absolute pleasure so where can people see your new show and connect with you where where do you want to send folks Okay. Yes. So you can see the show. So my Instagram is at girl with that laugh, no special characters or anything, just those four words. Um, So if you go on my profile, you hit the middle section icon thing that is IGTV. And then other than that, I mean, honestly, Instagram really is the best place to follow me. I'm also on clubhouse and it's um, girl with that laugh on that as well. But yeah, Instagram is pretty much everything in terms of my public facing side of things. I am working on the first sort of introduction of my book into the world. So it's a really special project and the way that I am going about executing it is a little bit different, which of course, because I'm a lot different. So yeah, just keep keep following me if you would like to, because I'm doing a lot of really interesting things over the next year. And I'm excited and I need to receive and accept every bit of support that is offered to me. I appreciate it. So whether that's a follow, a like, a share, if you just comment and say that you love the show, if you comment and say you didn't love the show, I would love that too, because all, you know, opinions are valid. I may not have to listen to them. Absolutely. <laughs> but if that's what you want to share, I appreciate that as well. And so. I would say respectful opinions are valid. Like, think uh, I am sending this out to a real human. 
And and I'm I'm getting used to um, putting this out on YouTube. So I'll just remind everybody: yes, please like, subscribe, all those little things you're supposed to do, and you know, on the podcast. And you can find everything at vibrantvisionaries.com. And yeah, share this with a friend that you think might enjoy enjoy this as the podcast that you can listen to or as the YouTube, whatever's easiest. Um, we've got all sorts of new, you know, watchers just because it's on YouTube and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I just never got around to listening to the podcast. But now that you're popping up on my computer or my TV or my phone or whatever, so that's exciting. And um, yeah, uh, please leave comments and let us know how we're doing. You can also contact me at Vibrant Visionaries Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, there'll be a few um, interviews out by now. And the cooking show, we're hoping to have debut by the end of spring. So um, that'll be a lot of fun too. And uh, yeah, thanks again for being my guest. And uh, it's just been a blast. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having mm-hmm. me. Very much needed break in this day where I'm very Yes. <laughs> and, and, and you know, we're all rooting for you and um it'll I know it'll just be awesome. So yeah, cheers. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Visionaries. This is Heidi Bennett and this is my beloved podcast. I produce it, I host it, I book it, and have fantastic editing done by David Smith. Thank you so much, David. Find everything at vibrantvisionaries.com, including a link to our new YouTube channel, Vibrant Visionaries Network. There's even a link to our Patreon where you can join the Vibrant Visionaries community and support the podcast. You can also find me at heidibennett.com. Thanks for listening and ciao for now!